Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. God is so good. So our theme for this year is United We Stand. And we'll unpack that a bit more over the next um, few weeks. But United We Stand. And, and the theme for these next couple of weeks in January is stand and pray. Stand and pray. And uh, we want to just have that focus. Thanks, Ashley. And uh, so as Marilyn shared, the next three weeks, we're joining with thousands of churches and hopefully hundreds of thousands of Christians with three weeks of focused prayer, fasting, seeking God. And, and uh, on our, uh, the pastor's pen, there's a list of even more details with scriptures and things to focus on and themes every day. And I encourage you, just carve out some time. Fast from social media or do whatever you need to do to give some extra time in prayer and word and worship and prayer and see what God does over the next three weeks. I believe that God's going to do a mighty thing. We just got a short clip from Pastor Wayne Alcorn, our national uh, president. Thanks. I trust that you are believing that despite all of the things that are happening on planet Earth right now, that we're going to see the name of Jesus lifted up in this coming season. You know, I strongly believe in the power of agreement. The Bible says when we agree on things here on Earth, things shift in the heavenly realm. So from January 23, we start three weeks of focused prayer. Prayer for our nation prayer for our church and its responsibility to the community and then prayer for each believer allowing God to do a new thing in us and for us and through us so leaders would you take the lead would you call your people to prayer would you be a role model in this area of prayer you know Jesus made this powerful statement he said my house will be a house of prayer so however you do that that is up to you But I would like us to agree that through all of the things that have been happening, the challenges, the issues that we're wrestling with politically, socially, economically, that through it all we can agree to see the kingdom of God come and we can see miracles and souls and restoration in so many areas in the church and through the church to the world. So let's take that step. Let's be leaders and let's lead our people into the presence of God through prayer and fasting for three weeks, starting January 23. Well done. So that's what we're doing from today onwards. And and next Sunday night, we'll have a prayer and praise night. And uh, we've got prayer groups happening. I think the Tuesday morning prayer is starting up again this week, isn't it, Sylvia? 9.30. And uh, I lead a uh, Friday morning breakthrough prayer. We had our largest number on we've ever had on Friday morning. People are starting to seek God from seven till eight so we've got some focus there's prayer before the services in the ready room and so there's some focused corporate prayer there's individual prayer encourage you to get with a prayer partner I know some have been getting up early and going down and praying at the beach or on the pier wherever let's just give extra time in lifting up the name of Jesus in your own home individually corporately because I believe as we lift up his powerful name darkness flees The devil hates the name of Jesus. He hates it when people get focused on God's kingdom. So it's our season to step up and go. I shared last week um, that God's called us to glorify the name of our God. The chief aim of people is to glorify God 
and to enjoy him forever. Isaiah 60, 1-5 I shared last week. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and the glory, his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. So I believe it's time, God's awakening. Our songs today are saying, come on, it's a time to awaken, to arise. It's time to get our hearts focused again. We've been through a season of turmoil, confusion, and it's still happening. But I believe the tide's turning and people are saying, hey, we can't live like this anymore. We have got to find a way to live in freedom, in healing. And many are turning their hearts towards God. So as Christians, let's lift our voices. Let the glory of the Lord come. Let's arise and shine. Let it come through our words, our actions, our attitudes. Ephesians 6 talks about spiritual armour and prayer. I just want to read some verses from Ephesians 6, verse 10. Now, my beloved ones, verse 10, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. I love that. Be supernaturally infused with strength. And like Troy said, if you're too distracted, it actually fatigues you. It makes you weary. If you keep watching all the news all the time and all the podcasts and that, you can just get so confused and so overwhelmed and so distracted. Come on, let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's walk with wisdom. Let's be aware. Let's have insight and understanding. But let's keep our eyes on his purpose. It says, stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Wow, that doesn't sound like a discouraged, overwhelmed church or person. This is the power of the Spirit of God filling our hearts. And as we were worshipping and praising today, I feel energy, freedom, power, His strength surging in our hearts. So our confession will be different. We don't talk doom and gloom and fear. We talk hope and purpose and healing and, and the future is in God's hands for our lives. So we've got to change our words our attitudes and our focus. And, this, and what happens with prayer, prayer does that. It gets your eyes focusing on Jesus. It changes us. So it says, put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so you'll be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Then it goes about putting in the armor, the, the belt of truth and, and the shield of faith. Then it says, verse 15, stand on your feet alert then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. It's time to stand. United we stand. To stand up. Stand up for truth and peace and hope and righteousness. Then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield. We're people of faith. Wraps around your whole heart and mind. For it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming to you from the evil one. The bugs that are hitting your life. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. Mate, are there lies and deception all around us? 
Be careful what you listen to and watch and let's get the Holy Spirit leading us in truth and in wisdom. It goes and take the mighty, razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray the word of God over our lives and over our nation. Let's declare the powerful truth because the razor sharp sword of the spirit cuts through all the darkness and fear and distractions. It gives truth and gives you focus and clarity in our lives. And then it says... Pray passionately in the Spirit as you can constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. There's not just one way to pray. There's multitudes of ways to pray. Let it be by the Spirit. The Word of God gives examples. There's gratitude. There's, there's praise and worship. There's intercession. There's petition. There's thanksgiving. There's asking. There's so many aspects to this prayer. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. Some will say, well, I'm not sure what to pray for. Well, just start praying for every Christian you know. That'll keep you going for the next three weeks. Hey, that's easy. It says just pray blessing on every believer. If we do that, I reckon our, our families and our community would change rapidly. And then there's so many other things we can pray for. Pray blessing on all of his believers. Pray passionately in the Spirit. As you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. I talk to some new Christians, they say, well, I don't know how to pray. I say, well, just hang out with someone who does pray and you'll quickly grab it. Most of it's more caught than taught. I can do uh, 25 sermons on, on the 53 ways from the Bible to pray, but hang out with someone who prays for an hour and you'll get it. You know, and yes, we look at the word, it teaches, it gives instruction in different ways. But hang out with people who pray and you'll become one who loves to connect with God, to communicate with our awesome, awesome God. Verse 13 and 14 in the NIV says, Therefore put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, keep on standing. Too many people give up too quick. And I believe God's putting some resilience and strength and backbone into people of God that we're not easily tossed aside, but we arise with strength. And you need some resistance to build strength. For those who work out in the gym, you need some resistance training where there's some pressure to build muscle. And so you can, you can curse the darkness or you can say, God, I'm going to press into you and get stronger. Come on, let's get stronger with when pressure and things come against us. Let's rise up and pray and press into God and get stronger in our spirit. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Come on, God said it's time to stand up and get some strength into our spirits, into our mental capacity, into our focus, in our attitudes. God said, come on, stand up and pray and get some strength in our souls. God wants to be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. There's many aspects to prayer. Prayer is primarily our relationship and communication with our awesome God. And that can flow out of listening to him, taking time to enjoy his presence, describing how awesome he is, our, our worship, our thanks. It's also for requests and petitions to ask for yourself and for others. And then it says there's intercession for others where you cry out to God and God will put someone on your heart and you'll wake up with someone on your mind. It's crazy when God wakes up about three in the morning. Does that happen to anyone here? Two, three, four o'clock in the morning. They don't want to sleep. Hey, guess what? 
Sometimes it's the only, one guy says, well, how come you wake me up in the middle of the night? He says, well, it's the only time I can get your attention. Because during the day, you're just so busy doing everything else. <laughs> your mind's probably a little bit more settled. And he can get, so if you do wake up, don't be frustrated. Spend some time and pray, blessing and grab the word and, and just minister life. And then you'll go back to sleep and be refreshed for the next two hours and get up and face the day. So let's not be frustrated when we can't sleep. Say, God, help me to pray to worship you and to seek your face. I love the teaching of Jesus on prayer. Matthew 6, verse 7 onwards. This is what he says. This is what Jesus says on prayer. When you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases, praying like the Gentiles do, for they expect God to hear them because of their many words. Now, there are times when you get passionate and you can't stop because it just pours out of your spirit. But it's not how many words or how long your prayer is. It's whether it's coming from your heart, whether it's full of faith, whether it's with sincere understanding and crying from your heart. There is no need to imitate them since your father already knows what you need before you ask him. Well, so if God knows everything, why are we going to pray? God has chosen to partner with you and I to see his kingdom come to fruition in our lives, our families, our nation across the earth he could just do it and sometimes God sovereignly just turns things around but he's called us to pray and partner with him as his sons and daughters as the family we're in the family business and God says hey come on family let's join in and let's do this together so we're not spectators but we're participators so God's chosen prayer worshiping asking him for things and believing until it happens. He's chosen to do that while we're on this earth. So the quicker we get on his agenda, the better it is. And so God's called us to be a partner with him. What a privilege, what an honour. Often we think, God, why would you trust us? We're just so, we mess it up sometimes. Sometimes we forget to pray. Sometimes we pray selfish prayers instead of your kingdom prayers. Hey, God's spirit can unjumble all of that stuff and hear your heart and respond with breakthrough faith. God has chosen for us to be partnering with him. So then Jesus in verse 9 says, pray like this. This is the Lord's Prayer in the Passion Version. I read it last week, but it got me hard. I need to repeat it. Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Wow, it's all about glory to him. It's not about ourselves primarily. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. That's why we give thanks at mealtime. It's an opportunity, but we can do it all the time. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Many people got stuck on that part of the prayer. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. If you say, I'm not sure how to pray, just grab the Lord's Prayer and break it down and pray through one phrase each day for the week and you'll have an awesome prayer life. There's so many ways that can help just give structure or patterns that will help you in your journey. Then he goes on. Jesus, did you really have to add this? Verse 14. And when you pray, not if, 
Make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your Father withholds forgiveness from you. Some people say, why aren't my prayers answered? Jesus explains this is one of the reasons. We're just going to make sure, as Troy said, created me a clean heart. Lord, help me to deal with unforgiveness, offence, hurts, wounds. It's a process, it's a journey, God's grace there, but you've got to be willing to walk the journey. Don't stay and say, I could never do it. So God in myself, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but with your grace, show me, teach me, help me to forgive. Because otherwise we can block not only God hearing our prayers, but definitely you receiving and others receiving the answers. And God's spirit is there to help us. Then he goes on and says, when you fast, not if. Hmm. I'm not into fasting. That's hard work. That's discipline. Well, Jesus said, when you fast, not if. Don't look gloomy and pretend to be spiritual. I remember we were in the youth group and we used to regularly do three-day fasts and our pastors, they used to take us on, when I was on staff, every three months we'd go for three days of prayer and fasting in a cabin in the bush and, and mate, I thought I was going to die the first couple of times because I love my food. But after about day two, you start to think, well, every time I feel hungry, it reminds me that I'm focusing on God. And it wasn't punishment, it was to focus my life. And after I got over feeling famished and I'm going to die, I started to realise, hey, there was great value. And a couple of times God took me on longer fasts and it was amazing the connection that I had with God's spirit. And I don't do it all the time now because as you get older, your metabolism doesn't work as well. So now we fast from specific foods, desserts or takeaway food or other things to give time to focus for God and uh, you can do social media or whatever just takes your time so it says when you fast don't look gloomy pretend to be spiritual they want everyone to know they're fasting so they appear in public looking miserable and disheveled believe me they've already received their reward when you fast not if don't let it be obvious but instead wash your face and groom yourself and realize that your father in the secret place is the one who is watching all that you do in secret and will continue to reward you. So fasting is not to try and twist God's arm. It's to help remove distractions so you get more focused and you can hear and receive and be led by his spirit. And sometimes it's to help break through and intercede for others. And even just missing um, one meal a day or a week. When, when uh, John Wesley was the start of the Methodist church, Anyone who was a pastor or leader in the Methodist church had to fast two full days a week. That's what they did for about 100 years and you wonder why they turned the world upside down. And it wasn't because they just learned to focus in on God. And if you've got medical conditions, don't just stop eating because you can endanger your health. If you've got any significant areas, you need to walk with wisdom. But sometimes just missing one meal or taking out dessert or coffee for three weeks... That would be a huge challenge for some of us, eh? Some of you are saying, oh no, I came to church to be encouraged. This is terrible. (laughs) 
The thing you struggle with to surrender the most is sometimes what God asks you to lay down just so that he's in charge. Uh-oh. I think there's no coffee that afterwards. We've only got tea today. <laughs> or maybe it's those sweet things that you just love. It's not going to kill you for three weeks to not have them. Or even two days of the week to say, God, I'm going to lay that down and I'm going to give that extra 15 minutes that I used to do this in just praying and seeking your face. You'll be amazed what happens when you just focus your life. I find it much easier when you do it with others. If you're doing it on your own, it takes a lot of discipline. But if you're doing it and sharing it as a family or as a group or some prayer partners, it makes it so much easier. God can sovereign do anything he chooses, but he's decided to allow us to partner with him to see his kingdom come. That's a mystery spiritually, but it's God's plan and purpose. And I would just want to encourage you to, let's focus in on God. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray passionately in the spirit. Don't just say, wrote words or prayers. I'm not saying you can't read out or pray written prayers, but I'm saying, let it be from your heart. Let it be from your spirit. As you constantly intercede with every form of prayer, pray for the blessings of all believers. It says in the spirit. What's it mean to pray in the spirit? Does that mean you're just praying in other tongues the whole time? No. When I pray in the spirit, I sometimes pray in my heavenly language because it really stirs my heart. And, and I also pray as I'm led by the spirit. So when I'm in prayer, God will start to stir my heart to pray for the young people or for families or marriages or particular people that are battling severe illness or breakthrough and whatever. So you are led by the spirit. So you're praying in the spirit, whatever the Holy Spirit's nudging you to, to keep believing for that family member to come back to God. You are praying because the spirit of God's put that on you. And until that answer comes or he lifts the burden, you don't give up. Someone's saying, oh, what's my you list this week? I said, well, did God answer the ones from the last week's list? I said, no, well, let's keep praying them and add a couple more if God's stirring you. Sometimes we just want the new thing all the time. God says, hey, don't give up on what I've put before you. Keep on walking with that and God will then, you'll see his breakthroughs. 1 Corinthians 14, 15, the Apostle Paul explained this, says, so here's what I've concluded. I'll pray in the Spirit, but I also pray with my mind engaged. I will sing rapturous praise in the Spirit, but I will sing with my mind engaged. So he was praying and worship, sometimes just heavenly language, Spirit just pouring through him. Other times he would then speak out and pray and worship with his known language, whatever is your primary language, and God wants us to flow with that. So prayer was clearly a key aspect of the life of Jesus. We haven't got time to do a study on that. It was clearly a key aspect of the early church in the book of Acts. I just want to look at a couple of quick scriptures there. Acts 1.14. Arriving there, they went into a large second floor room to pray. This is after Jesus had gone up to heaven. He says, get together in Jerusalem and pray and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And they weren't sure what was going to happen. Those present were the disciples and uh, all their names are listed there. And a number of women, including Mary, Jesus' mother. His brothers were there as well. So Jesus' brothers, some of them thought, who are you, Jesus? You're... But after he died on the cross and rose again, his brothers thought, hey, he truly was the Messiah. And it says, all of them were united in prayer, gripped with one passion, interceding night and day. And I read a note in the study Bible that says, 
it's commonly believed that this is the same upper room where Jesus celebrated the Last Supper with his disciples. That's a powerful thought, eh? That, hey, that's when Jesus really impacted our lives. Let's go back there and start from there. And I believe that's probably true. Acts 124, it says, Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two have chosen to take over the apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. The next chapter, Acts 2.42, after the Holy Spirit was poured out, every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. Acts 2.46, daily they met together in homes and in the temple courts. So they regularly got together in the courts of the temple, which is like the church, and they regularly got together in homes to pray, to worship, to share together. That's why I love prayer, because it can be individual, prayer partner, family, with your spouse, or in larger groups, like as a church, or the guys at Transformation get together, have their soak nights, and pray and worship God, whatever works for you. Acts 3.1, one afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for a three o'clock prayer meeting, and in the process, the man got healed supernaturally and transformed their whole world. They got arrested by the uh, religious leaders for upsetting the church service. And then they got thrown in prison. Then Acts 4, 23, it picks up. As soon as they were released from, from custody, Peter and John went to the other believers and explained all that had happened with the high priests and the elders. When the believers heard their report, they raised their voices in unity and prayed. Prayer will bring about unity. When you talk and discuss, there's a million opinions right now on every issue across the world. But when you start praying... Before long, your opinions drop away and you start to focus in on Jesus and his kingdom purpose. That's why worship and prayer unites your lives. And when, that's why I believe God's calling us to pray and fast and seek his face because it's going to help unite and join families, churches, our nation together. Prayer and worship will unite your heart on Jesus and his kingdom purpose. And then verse 29, they prayed, and then it says, So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy Son, Jesus. As they prayed, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. Mate, their hearts were so desperate, they prayed an earthquake came. The whole building shook. I've been in worship times and prayer times, we can feel the atmosphere shaking. I haven't been in a building where it's physically shaken. But sometimes God will do signs and wonders. Sometimes you'll be praying and you'll feel the wind of your spirit just come over. Sometimes you'll just start weeping and you'll see with open eyes in vision of what you're praying for is going to happen. You get the word that it's going to happen, then it's just a time frame between now and when it actually manifests on this earth. That's what they call praying through or believing for the witness of your spirit that it's happened, that it's come, that it's coming. And then you start to thank God every day until you see it manifest. Don't give up confessing what God's called us to do. What you see in the spirit is what your purpose. That's the vision you see through your windscreen mirror. 
Oh God, pray until it gets cleared and then you see, <coughs> you see what the Spirit of God has called us to do. About six years ago, I had a vision while I was, we were worshiping one day of Jesus standing in the heavens over our city with an open heaven and pouring out liquid love and living water and wherever it touched, lives were changed. I see that every time I worship and I pray and it has caused me to see an open heaven over our city and our community. I don't see a, a closed heaven and a confused, dis distracted, discouraged society only. I see that, but I see in the Spirit an open heaven where God's Spirit can move. When people come here, they are, they are stirred to seek God. There's people that are here today, maybe you haven't been a follower of Jesus, but you've felt, I need to get my life right with God. The Spirit of God draws your heart. Come on, let's have an open heaven. There are needs, there are challenges. I don't focus on those only. I address them, but then I declare what God has called us to do. I was taught a long time ago by our pastors when I was a youth leader, you bind and you loose. You bind up the spirit of strife and darkness and you always loose the hope and the blessing. You don't just bind up, you always loose and release the kingdom freedom over people's lives. You bind up the works of sin and you release the blessing of salvation and hope over your life. You say, I'm not sure how to pray. Make sure you declare the power of God to bind up the stronghold, but then you release the blessing and favour of God. Bind and release. Declare and release the blessing of God for his kingdom. The theme, let's, let's wrap it up today. The theme for this week is prayer for our nation and leaders. Just want to read a couple of verses, what... The Bible tells us to do. 1 Timothy 2.1 says, Most of all, I'm writing to encourage you to pray with gratitude to God. Pray for all men with all forms of prayers and requests as you intercede with intense passion. And pray for every political leader and representative so that we would be able to live tranquil, undisturbed lives as we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts. It is pleasing to our Saviour God to pray for them. I'm not sure what to pray for. God says God honours and likes it when you pray for our leaders. You say, well, they've been doing some unwise, at times you think, dumb decisions. Hey, that could be the case because everyone hasn't been this way before, but keep praying for them. Don't keep criticising them and judging them. Let's pray for blessing and breakthrough. It says, he longs for everyone to embrace his life and return to the full knowledge of the truth. For God is one and there's one mediator between God and men, the sons of men. The true man, Jesus, the anointed one. Verse 8, therefore I encourage the men to pray on every occasion with hands lifted to God in worship with clean hearts, free from frustration or strife. When you pray, God will deal with the frustrations and the strife in your life. When you keep praying, you say, well, I prayed and it didn't work. Sometimes it takes a while to get the windscreen clear. I find sometimes I've got to worship for 5 or 10 or 15 minutes before I start to get into the stream of the Spirit when all the other stuff that's clouded and distracted my life. Some of us just do a three-minute prayer and think, oh, well, God, nothing really happened. Just hang in there for a while. I've found if I wash my car, it takes more than two minutes. If I do a one-minute wash, I still can't see through the windscreen very well. That's why sometimes we've just got to 
press the boundaries a bit longer because it takes a while for our mind, our spirit, our heart, our soul to get cleared and focused and then you'll see God's power break loose. You don't have to pray for hours. There are some prayers, help! That's all you need because you turn to God. But the help prayers work better when you've got the windscreen clear and your heart not overwhelmed by fear or pain. Last key scripture I want to look at here is Romans 13. We don't read this one very often because it's too challenging, but if we're praying for our leaders, we need to. Romans 31, every believer must submit to and support the authorities over him. And I hear some people groaning saying, well, some of the decisions haven't been good. And we all agree there's been some crazy changes going on. For there can be no authority in the universe except by God's appointment, which means that every authority that exists has been instituted by God. Does that mean every leader is godly? No. Does that mean they always make the right decisions? No. Do sometimes they do things that are inspired more by selfishness or fear or darkness? Yes. But God says, keep praying, and if at all possible, obey the leaders over us. Now, there are times... And people say, well, hold on, if they're wrong, does that mean I can't speak up? Yes, God says to speak up for injustice. God says to pray and to write letters and to do things. God says, let's do it, but you've got to have a right heart attitude. Otherwise, if you get into an attitude of rebellion or self-fulfillment, you will end up being in trouble by what God's word says. And I am really concerned. At times, I read some posts and things from Christians that are so anti-government that you are breaking God's word. Now let me hear you, you need to hear my heart. We need to speak up for injustice, we need to pray, we need to do all we can for our nation. But if your heart gets out of line, let me tell you, the Bible says it won't go well for you. Whoa. It's Pastor Ross speaking the word of God right now. That's not to have a go at anyone. Hey, there's been some times when I've been so frustrated thinking, God, what's going on? Probably means I need to pray more. Probably means I need to walk with more wisdom. And yes, show me how I can speak and declare. But we've got to read the word of God for what it says. It says, for civil authorities... So it says, verse 2, So to resist authority is to resist the divine order of God, which results in severe consequences. I've read history, and I've read where churches and Christians have got it wrong, and they've paid a terrible price. Paul's writing this when the Roman government was one of the most controlling, wicked, evil governments that ever has ruled on the earth. He said, you've got to keep your heart right, and then God can work. Wow, it's very quiet out there right now. For civil authorities don't intimidate those who are doing good, but those who are doing evil. So do what is right and you'll never need to fear those in authority. They'll commend you for your good citizenship. Those in authority are God's servants for the good of society. But if you break the law, you have reason to be alarmed, for they are God's agents of punishment to bring criminals to justice. Why do, they, do you think they carry weapons? You are compelled to obey them, not just to avoid punishment, but because you want to live with a clean conscience. 
This is also the reason you pay your taxes, for governmental authorities are God's officials who oversee these things. So it's your duty to pay all the taxes and fees that they require, and to respect those who are worthy of respect, honour them accordingly. We don't like reading those verses, but we do need to be reminded that God has a plan and purpose. And yes, there have been some controlling agendas, there is some really unhealthy stuff going on, because... Isaiah 60 says, darkness will be over the peoples and the glory of the Lord will shine. So darkness and light are both increasing. So don't be surprised that there's craziness going on. But let's keep our focus right that we're here for the kingdom of God. We're to pray and love. We're to work together as a community and society and church to respect one another out of love because the enemy tries to bring fear and division. That's two of his tools. I see it all over the place. And God says, come on, as Christians, let's learn to live not with fear, but with hope, and not with division, but with grace and wisdom and understanding, and to live with a free, clean conscience. Now, that's not to judge anyone today. That is just to say, hey, we need to take note of God's word and his purpose for it. And I believe if we walk with his ways, we will see the blessing and favour of Almighty God. Wisdom and faith work together. They're not. Someone say, well, I've just walked by faith. Faith and wisdom always work together. And the Holy Spirit will help us. Let's pray for and minister life. Last scripture as the keyboard comes. Thanks, Ashley. We're still friends? <laughs> we need to hear God's word. Because there's a spirit of strife and division and independence and even rebellion that's at work across our nation. And for some of it, there's a real justification for it because some really dumb stuff has gone down. But we've got to learn we fight the battles with the spirit, not against people. Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers of darkness. Let's understand how to do this well. Yes, speak up for injustice. The Bible tells us there are a whole lot of values and ways that God tells us to do things. And I, we've got to be careful we don't go down paths that are not healthy. But let's do it God's way and we will see God's results and transformation across our city and our nation. God's going to use the body of Christ. Philippians 4, 6-7 says... Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Paul, are you being real? He was probably writing this while he was in prison, chained up to Roman guards and probably getting meager rations. Paul, are you real? Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. He had a peace that God was still greater. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life, then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Just leave those verses up. Let's stand in his presence today. Oh, Jesus. I just feel his anointing and power here today. There's some things shifting. 
The word of God's a sharp sword that helps us to see. And Lord, just clear our windscreen so we can see. Lord, set our hearts free so we can lift our hearts in gratitude. Why don't we take a moment? I want you to thank God for at least five things that you can be really thankful for. Come on. Just at least five things. I want you to thank Him. You're speaking out quietly before God. I want you to think of at least five things you can be thankful for. Not, you're not asking God for anything right now. You're saying, God, I thank you for the body of Christ, the Word of God. Lord, for that Word of hope, whatever it is, for health. Lord, for a good job. Lord, whatever it is, come on, speak it out. I want you to thank God for it from your heart. Just speak it out quietly before God. You someone's got to confess it. Come on, let's declare it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Mm, wow. Thanksgiving shifts your attitudes. Hope fills our hearts. If worry and anxiety has consumed us, and all of us have wrestled with this, and fear over the last year or two, but as we move into this year, I refuse to let fear rule me. I declare with hope that we're going to arise and shine. The kingdom of God is here. A harvest of transformed lives. Purposes of God are going to be fulfilled. He's going to get you to dream again. Release fresh vision and hope for your ministry and your life and your family. The devil's tried to steal some people's dreams and visions. But today, he's restoring it to you. As you seek God these next three weeks, some of you are going to get fresh vision and purpose. Some of you are going to get stirred again by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, we love you. We Thank love you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.